Hello, and welcome to the initial episode of the Sovereign Health Podcast. This is Persephone Rose, and I am the Red Diva. Today in episode one, I'm freestyling on the connection between physical health and all the other kinds of health, like mental and emotional, spiritual, psychological. I'm also going to dive into what it means to be sovereign over our health, our body, our mind, our very lives. How choosing health is pretty much an act of cultural treason, and yet it's not just a declaration of independence, but a daily commitment to the repetition of the mundane. It is a somewhat dreary, rainy morning in the beautiful Willamette Valley of the Pacific Northwest. I am recording this in my apartment, and there are leaf blowers and garbage trucks outside. I'm still wearing the yoga clothes I threw on when I got out of bed. There are dirty dishes in my sink. Clothes and props from a photo shoot I went on yesterday are all over my living room, and my jungle of houseplants desperately needs water. But this is real life, yes. This is where we do what we love and what lights us up, even if all the things we should have done aren't done yet. Let's talk about sovereignty, shall we? The dictionary definition of sovereign implies a monarch, a ruler, a person of indisputable supreme authority. Some synonyms of sovereign are not just things like majestic or chief or ruling, but also really delicious words like absolute, self-governing, ascendant, commanding, efficacious, and my favorite, autonomous. Like a lot of people, most people, I sovereignty was not something I was born into or taught that I should have. In our culture, our religions, our systems and structures, we are taught to not question, to follow the rules, to do all the shoulds simply because somebody at some time suggested that it is a should. In terms of physical and emotional health, I often say that the odds are stacked against us. We live within a food system that sells us on food that isn't food. And that leads us to needing a fitness industry, a health industry, a weight loss industry. And the captains of those industries market to us in ways that keep us unhealthy because if we ever actually felt good, we would stop buying their programs. We live in a productivity-oriented, sell your soul for a dollar, and yeah, I'm going to say it, patriarchal culture that moves so fast, has inhuman expectations that says you can rest when you retire, or in most religions, when you die. We are inundated with information beyond the capacity of our nervous system's ability to manage, and yet we are addicted to the dopamine hits that we get from interacting with it. And all of those things combine in this giant cortisol soup that we swim in and are drowning in every moment of our lives. I remember toward uh, the end of grad school, when I was about to earn my master's degree in nutrition science, several members of my cohort and I laughed and said that while we were learning and living, that every bite of food you put in your mouth matters that we were all really dying of cortisol and stress. 
If I may go a little conspiracy theory here, that's how they want us. Whoever in your mind is the gods behind the gods of modern day culture, they don't want you healthy. They want us to continue to support the commercialism of the aforementioned industries. They will continue to suppress, repress, depress our health and our vibrancy and our divinity. Because if our brains and bodies are tired and ill, we are more easily manipulated into staying sedentary, eating food that isn't food and binging those false dopamine hits. In a state of dis-ease, whether physical or emotional, we will never live our best life, never make our dreams come true, never dance or laugh or play or even form a complete structured thought. It is an act of rebellion to balance your blood sugar, or heaven forbid, eat a vegetable. It is tantamount to cultural treason to get eight hours of sleep. And so it is with trembling voices and much fear that we might raise our fists and declare that we are taking back authority over our own health or that we're gonna go goblin mode and quit our soul-sucking job in order to start a podcast. In order to declare sovereignty over our own lives, we have to declare revolution against everything we've been taught, everything we've believed about health and all the shoulds that have been ingrained into our subconscious. So how do we do that? How do we restack the odds in our favor now that we've shouted our authority from the rooftops and shaken our fists against the tyranny of commercialism and the Western caste system, what do we actually do? This, my friends, is where the sacred meets the mundane. Because now we have to make a tedious, repetitious commitment to living life in a new and different way. And believe me, Living your life like every bite of food matters, that stress is killing us and that play is more important than productivity, takes commitment and planning and organization and consistency and discipline. Ugh. So why? Why do it? Because being a revolutionary is thrilling, sure. Because being a sheep or a lemming is not. Because sometimes we don't know that we feel awful until we start to feel good. Because those are our dreams, our hopes, our desires out there waiting for us to act on them. Because our lives are waiting to be lived. Hey, Percy here. I bet you're wondering, what is the key foundational thing that you can do? through food and nutrition that can help heal your body and your life, balance your blood sugar. Not just when you get that high A1C score or glucose blood test. I'm talking every time you put food in your mouth. Blood sugar, too high or too low, affects your energy levels. It affects your cortisol levels and your inflammation levels moment by moment. And that affects your mood, your outlook, your motivation, your inspiration, and the energy vibration from which you are manifesting and creating your life. What's a good rule of thumb for blood sugar management? Eat all the macros, 
protein, fat, carbohydrates, and I'm talking the good kind here, ideally not just over the course of a day, but you guessed it, every time you put food in your mouth. Balancing blood sugar is one amazingly powerful way that you can stack the odds in your favor. When I first started healing my body and my life from autoimmune disease and hypothyroid disease and from unhealthy relationships and soul-sucking jobs, even before I got my first health coaching certification and was really just starting to play around with nutrition and superfoods and supplements and various aspects of food as medicine, I hung out in a lot of really beautiful spiritual communities that were very woo-woo and what my traditional Christian parents would have called new age or metaphysical, you know, like that was a bad word. And I read a lot of books on manifesting and the law of attraction, and I really wanted health and wealth to just fall from the sky. And, you know, then I got a couple of health coaching certifications under my belt and I learned about EFT tapping and I became a health coach. And what I really noticed then in these social spiritual settings is that someone would say, oh, I have aching knees. I'm going to think a higher thought and make it go away. Or I have a lot of inflammation. I'm going to work on my issues with my mother. Or I just found out I'm pre-diabetic. I'm going to visualize balanced blood sugar and healthy organ systems. And I would think, yeah, or maybe you could stop feeding your body toxic crap. Maybe you could actually put less glucose into your bloodstream. Maybe, maybe you could eat a freaking vegetable or take an omega-3 supplement or, you know, whatever was relevant. I mean, you, you cannot abuse your body and then expect it to act like a temple. And then, then I dropped out of life, out of the cube farm, and I went to grad school. And there it was nutrition science all day, all hours. We lived by nutritional biochemistry and we wrote research papers and we were just in awe of the power of food and nutrition and the body's ability to heal itself when given the right resources. And we were like, you can heal anything with nutrition. And also that was when, like I mentioned before, that we were all really exhausted anyway, that we were catching every cold and feeling really run down. And then after grad school, when I got the job and I built my practice out in the real world and had clients that would nutritionally do everything I told them, who would literally revolve their lives around the concept of food as medicine, who would be on an autoimmune protocol for years and would, yes, see massive levels of improvement in their health and they were still tired or still achy or still inflamed or still unhappy or unfulfilled. And what I started to question from my interactions with them were things like, who are you angry at? Who are you blaming? Where are you afraid to move forward? What are you afraid to let go of? Are you refusing to digest or integrate new ideas? 
Do you have any sweetness in your life? Do you actually want to feel better or would that require new responsibilities or identities or ways of being in the world? Where have you handed your power over to someone else? What are you refusing to say or express out loud? And sometimes even things like, sweetheart, breathe, be grateful, think a higher thought. Let's visualize health. And what I've come to realize over the course of my own health journey and in my practice with clients is that what, yeah, what you feed your body, how you move your body, how you treat your body, of course, affects your physical health and it also affects your mental health, your spiritual health, your level of happiness, your own fulfillment. And likewise, if your soul is unfulfilled and unhappy, the body it lives in will be unhealthy as well. The mental habits, I'm saying habits, of mood and thoughts affect our physical health. And the beliefs and the fears that we either consciously or unconsciously incorporate into how we live, into how we relate and connect to others, how we work, how we play or don't, what we accept or don't, are directly correlated to states of dis-ease and illness or to health. If your soul lives in an unhealthy body, it will be an unhealthy soul. If your soul or spirit or self is unwell, it will create unhealthy conditions of the body in which it resides. There is not a lot of separation between the physical and the metaphysical. And true health or wellness can only be achieved or maintained when we're willing to continuously, repetitively do the work on multiple planes at the same time. And this is how we stack those odds in our favor. And I believe, and I coach and I preach, that this is how we gain sovereignty over our health and our lives. By a million tiny acts of nourishment for our minds, our bodies, our souls, our spirits. Each one of those acts is an expression of dissent. It is an act of revolution. And it is also an act of complete, unconditional, unabashed, unashamed love for ourself. For self with a capital S. Hey, Percy here again. Listen, Red Diva Sovereign Health is on Facebook. Come find me. Reddiva.com is in the works and coming soon, I promise. If you're liking this podcast and have questions or comments or have an idea for a topic you'd like to hear about in the future, please hit me up at percyrose at reddiva.com. That's P-E-R-C-Y-R-O-S-E at R-E-D-D-E-V-A dot com. All right, my friends, this has been episode one of the Sovereign Health Podcast. I am the Red Diva, Persephone Rose. 
If you're interested in hearing more about bridging that gap between the health of your body and the health of yourself so that you too can gain sovereignty in and over your life, stay tuned for more episodes where we dive into specific ways to do just that. Thank you so, so much for listening. And now go out and have a beautiful day.